Welcome back to Spinal Tap Minute. We're at episode 33 of Spinal Tap Minute, the podcast where we analyze, scrutinize, and none more black eyes the movie This is Spinal Tap, one magnificent minute at a time. I'm Heidi Bennett of HeidiBennett.com. And I'm Sean German of 5MinutesOfMime.com. And joining us today are our special guests, Mike and Jenny of the Whole Shebang Podcast. Welcome. Hi, Hi. nice to be here. Yeah, nice to be here. Thanks for inviting us on. So excited to have you guys on. As soon as I discovered your podcast, I binged it like crazy. So, <laughs> <laughs> and I, as uh, we'll probably talk about a little bit later, um, I thought, oh my gosh, they're they're uh, line dropping Spinal Tap quite a bit. So. <laughs> I think Hopefully. we're both really excited about this because um, <laughs> when we were kind of getting towards the end of the whole shebang, we were talking, what if we did another one? And I think the movie we both said maybe we could do was Spinal Tap. So <laughs> <laughs> we're really glad you guys are doing it and you're doing such a great job of it. And we're extra glad that we get to be on it. And we don't have to do the whole thing. We just get three really great minutes. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. I'm, I don't have to sit and edit another you know, hundred some odd episodes yeah. of, of a podcast. So <laughs> I'm totally stoked about that. Awesome. Yeah, so that that's exciting. Um, so we've asked you here today to discuss Minute 33 of the movie This Is Spinal Tap. Minute 33 starts with the focus on the Taps drummer uh, during a clip from Jamboree Bop. We end with Nigel informing us what happens to that drummer. And in between, we get a badly synced clip of the band performing, and we get a little bit more of the interview at Nigel's Castle. <laughs> so we start with uh, Peter James Bond. <laughs> Peter the drums for James Bond. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what did you guys? What do you guys think of this? This whole scene here, their jamboree bop scene. I think this is one of the minutes we were kind of hoping to get. Yes. Um, because we're both big fans of sort of cheesy pop music shows. And I think this whole sort of 60s um, psychedelic thing is completely in our wheelhouse. And <laughs> yeah, the, the whole scene is great. Um, I love the studio for a start. Um, they have all that sort of psychedelic background thing going on. Um, and the, the band's costumes in this moment are all great. I mean, everything's there. If you kind yeah, of want to, like, fill your bingo card for sort of, like, cheesy sort of 60s TV studio psychedelia, then, like, this thing really does it well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, again, like, when we did the whole shebang, we talked a lot about Top of the Pops. But it, it's interesting. This is – it was last minute. But this is an American show, or it's supposed to be an American show. Right. And Jamboree Bop, I mean, that just gets me thinking of all those great – uh, mid '60s shows like Hoot Nanny and Shindig, and you know all of Definitely. these sort of like you know yeah Groovy. yeah it's <laughs> totally named by some like guy like some 50 year old guy in a gray suit who came up with these names in a marketing meeting I exactly think yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah I I love the name and then like you said with the costumes everybody's got a little something different but it's all right in the you know, right for the era, the haircuts are right for the, <laughs> the drummers got kind of a, oh, what's his name? The the guy who uh, paints Bob, Bob Ross. Ross. Oh, Bob Ross. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yes, yes. Got a bit of a Bob Ross going there. Yeah. And then the dancers are, you know, doing that kind of slow 
The swim. Yeah, the swim. what I, the swim, the yeah. Swim, yeah. Kind of what I thought was cool about that is the dancers are kind of wearing sort of like an earlier 60s sort of Mary Quant mod look. So you can kind of, it's a good sort of clueless touch. Like this is mm-hmm. some TV execs idea of what the kids are doing. So you have like the band kind of like in their hippie regalia, but the studio itself is a few years behind still. We have yeah. like these 60s mods dancing in the background. Yeah. The white leather boots. Yeah, sort of Mary Quant go-go boot. It's a great yeah, thing. a little bit of a hot dog on a stick look there too. <laughs> well, yeah, because the 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 one that we get a look of, who's on our our left stage right, it's a very ketchup and mustard look. Yeah, <laughs> yellow and red. Oh, that's great. Um, so yeah, let's talk about how the guys are dressed. We did this a lot on Holcher Bang. We we did a lot of fashion. We did. We did a lot. Mm-hmm. Well, the Holcher Bang kind of demand Velvet Goldmine is a fashiony film, and I, I think this one arguably is, isn't it? Oh, well, mm-hmm. definitely. I mean, oh, yes. there's yeah. some very central jokes about the tightness of the trousers. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, but no one's rocking tight trousers here. No, have, no. Yeah, kind of. So I I found it interesting. So the idea right now is that Derek has basically just joined the band in like '67. Like he's. Mm-hmm you know, the new guy on the block and he's probably the most normally dressed. Like he's got a, like a stripy shirt on almost like, it almost looks like a, like a football, like a British football Jersey kind of, you know, with those vertical stripes. And Nigel's got like a Nehru jacket type thing right. with a tall, tall collar. He's probably the best dressed, I'd say. He kind of looks yeah. the most like what sort of like the Beatles were doing when they first got into their psychedelic era. Yes, absolutely. Definitely. And then, you know, um, David kind of, you know, Robert Planty sort of puffy shirty sort of yeah. macrame vest kind of thing going on. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Kind of I was sort of looking at like Levin Spoonful and some sure. of those other bands with the yeah. vest. <laughs> and I think he you know, he started with that with that kind of puffy shirt here and never stopped. Like yeah. in the eighties yeah. yeah. he still He's got his taste right here, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I guess there's not a whole lot to say about Peter James Bond. We're going to get to that in the next like minute, I guess. But like, yeah, the the Bob Ross sort of like you know nascent sort of fro kind of thing going on there. It's a it's a good look. Um, they always they always make sure that their drummers have good looks. Like that's always a really important thing for the town. Yeah, yeah. He he definitely looks like a drummer. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then it looks like his. Here I'm looking at. Um, let's see if where am I here? There's a little peak. Around second twenty one, twenty two, at his his pants are like loose and striped the opposite way. Oh than yeah, you'd yeah. Expect. Almost yeah. like oh, I don't know, yeah. cl- clown pants or something. No, they're <laughs> not. <laughs> um, whereas, yeah, David's got the ones with the stripes and the pockets, and yeah. I definitely remember Levi's definitely had you know those styles and. Well, if kind of like Spinal Tap started as kind of like the um, more of a beat band, didn't they? And then they kind of sort of latched onto the whole train of the psychedelic movement. So maybe like they've just gone out and bought the clothes, especially for this performance, and none of them are really kind of into it. And I think that Nigel's sort of rocking the look, and the others maybe like have been shoved into the clothes by someone else. And that's mm-hmm. my explanation. Mm-hmm. For it. Yeah, yeah I mean, although it's 
Yeah. Oh, go ahead, Mike. No, I was just going to say, they do such a great job uh, in this movie of, like, making a realistic career trajectory yeah. for Spinal mm-hmm. Tap. Like, maybe they're maybe they're just a touch behind each of these trends, but when they go to it, they kind of commit to it. You know, <laughs> yeah. the Listen to the Flower People was their sort of big, big hit, right? So Yeah, as they, Spinal Tap at the end. Exactly. Yeah. So, like, they, they must have at least done something right uh, to, make, to make that kind of an impact. I mean, that was a... You know, that late 60s psychedelic scene definitely uh, created a lot of uh, flash-in-the-pan, one-hit-wonder type bands, for sure. Yeah, and I was, I was kind of reading a little bit up about the song, and um, apparently they, they when they really wrote it for the movie, it was kind of based on the Flower Pop Man song, the Let's Go to... Let's go to San Francisco because they oh, tried to think yes. of like the cheesiest of sixties flower people so cash in song they could, and apparently yeah. that one was it was written specifically to market to teenagers. It wasn't even from a real band. They kind of got these backing singers and got them to record it. So mm-hmm. I think you can tell touch. too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that is a great touch, and that makes perfect sense because it does sound exactly, you know. Yeah, if you're but maybe we should give Spinal Tap exactly. Oh, yeah. It's so, yeah. Um, it, it's kind of, yeah, the kind of thing that maybe your dad would buy if he wanted to impress you a bit with how cool he still was. <laughs> <laughs> well, my dad was actually very cool, so I lucked oh, out. Okay. <laughs> um, he turned me on to a lot of great rock and roll music and blues and old country and some uh, folk and stuff like that. But yeah, he, he was, I remember his record albums. In fact, he, he has a story of me being, you know, a little toddler and uh, taking out the uh, Janis Joplin <laughs> album um, out of its sleeve and, you know, being fascinated by the, the cover art oh, and yeah. then, but being too small to recognize the, you know, the preciousness of the vinyl within and <laughs> pulling it out. And he said he came home from work and I was like, like motorboating the vinyl around <laughs> on the floor. By itself. <laughs> But I'm, yeah, really, I'm really jealous of all you all who have these parents who actually had like record collections and stuff. I think I talked about this on Whole Shebang, but like I didn't get any of that growing up. My parents really weren't into music. Your 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 dad was. My mom and my dad were yeah. actually. Yeah, they were both big Beatles fans, and I guess that's why I got into the, so so into the Beatles as a kid. And yeah. like you, like the record art was a thing for me because um, when I went off to art school, like my biggest inspiration was all the awesome album art. And I bet Spinal mm. Tap have some amazing album art. I would love to see the album art for this single or this album. Oh, yeah. That must have been amazing. <laughs> they must have every single cliche you could think of. I bet they got it in there somehow. I yeah. bet it was great. Yeah, yeah, to see like an entire discography of Spinal Tap's cover. I know the Spinal Tap A to Z definitely has some of the ones that never appeared in the movie, but not all of them. And yeah. Right. Yeah. That'd be a fun project, you know, um, people, um, you know, internet people and such. You know, <laughs> designers will redo like their version, their kind of homage to classic movies and they'll yeah. they'll do their own poster oh, sure, art yeah. for it. That would be a cool project. Like, I want Dave St. Hubbins being time. born from like a rainbow egg. I want them emerging <laughs> from a rainbow egg. Someone needs to do that. That would be great. <laughs> That would be awesome. And the All others right. could be in the backgrounds as dragons. I want that to happen. Someone mm. else make that happen. That's I like pretty good. That. Yeah, you've got it under control. See all that those thousands of pounds I spent art school. They weren't wasted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, when we back away too, the the artwork here that's their backdrop. It's kind of a psychedelic psychedelic floral scene, but it, 
now that I see its full shape, it could actually be the Soul Train train. Yeah. Oh my know, gosh. Yeah. Painted over it. It could totally be <laughs> that kind of psychedelic, funky train. It's definitely got that Peter Max look, you know, the sort oh, of yeah. bulbous shapes, mm-hmm. bright colors. Yeah, it's very, uh, it is very of its era. And, you know, as you say, we're backing out, we're about to get this great solo, which is kind of, well, it's it's being, you know, lip, it's being synced. But yeah, right. it's not a guitar. It's a no, sitar. A sitar. Yes. <laughs> it is, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah, mean, I there don't... you go. I don't know. Uh, I mean, I I definitely recognized. Oh, he's he's not playing a sitar. But do you guys? Does anybody know instruments enough to know what he is mock playing on here? Yeah, it looks like a, it looks like a double neck guitar. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I believe not, it is a guitar. But... Yeah, I can see it's a little. Yeah, there's definitely two necks on it. <laughs> you gotta uh, have two necks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You gotta have a double guitar, yeah. right? Yeah. Maybe um, that's the sitar neck. I don't know oh, anything about instruments. That could be a thing. It could be completely a legitimate. A dual. I mean, if anybody's going to have it, it's going to be yeah, Nigel. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. He might have a sitar on one and a guitar on the other. <laughs> and like a keyboard on the back. I can see that happening. That's my headcanon now. It's a key, C, guitar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's yeah, amazing. Yeah, and before we move away from this part, this this uh, flashback that I love, the um, we love you mouthing. <laughs> so good. I just, I mean, you know, listen, I know we're not going to get to do a lot more than just three minutes of this movie, but Harry Shearer for me is the MVP of this movie, Mm. hands down. Um, He's just always putting in these little asides. Like, he really, like, obviously, these are all skilled improv guys. These are all, you know, they, they, they do great takes and great reactions off each other, but Harry Shearer always just adds that little extra something to every scene he's in. And this, we love you. If it wasn't scripted, <laughs> I mean, it's just, yeah. it's just perfect. <laughs> yeah. And all, I, I agree. I love him so much. Um, and this, you were talking about his shirt kind of having a bit of a striped football shirt and that comes into play later too. So does. yes, that is exactly why his style. Mm-hmm. Um, and like Sean had eye effect here as the solo yeah, goes <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh you had a big God. pile of lenses in the back of the studio, and they're like, what's psychedelic? I don't know. Let's, try, let's go with the, the insect compound eye from Vincent Price's The Fly, you know? Oh, my God. That movie terrified me as a child. Oh, the original Fly? Yeah. Yeah. I think I've seen that one. I think that when the human head, spoiler alert, when the human head <laughs> is on the spider's on the fly's body mm-hmm. and it's in a spider web at the yeah. end yeah it was too it creeped me out it scared me <laughs> it traumatized me guys <laughs> it's, it's so funny when you think about that because like you know david cronenberg did the remake and everybody kind of acknowledges that as so that's one the, the one i know yeah. one of the grossest mm-hmm. you know creepiest movies ever made but you're right there's something about that aesthetic in the in the 50s version that is almost as it's differently uncanny and creepy, but it's still very, very creepy. But yeah, this this um this special effect on Jamboree Bop here is like straight out of the, you know, William Castle, Roger Corman sort of special effects bin. It needs the, a star wipe, but other than that, <laughs> that comes later. <laughs> yeah, and um, I I was reminded too of what Sean was mentioning uh, on a previous minute about the, how they really nailed the um 
quality of the film stock, and you really get that with the close-up of um, Harry Shearer's We Love You. Like, he's kind of yeah. orangey. Mm-hmm. Yes. Real, it's not great. the greatest color. I mean, it's great, but I mean, not so flattering for him. No, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> well, it, I guess period correct for the, the late 60s. Yeah. I think that's what they do say. Well, I think, I don't know if I told Mike this even, but the first time I watched Spinal Tap, I didn't know what it was. And I actually did think it was a documentary for quite a long time, probably like much longer than I should have done. And it's little touches like that that really kind of do fool you. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Yeah, I mean the the um, the first flashback uh, TV performance with the Thamesman. Yeah. That's very sort of kinescope early '60s TV. Like, um, reminds me. Remember the Nirvana video for In Bloom, where they did yeah. like they were supposed to be on Ed Sullivan or whatever. Like that, right. that sort of black and white, you know, uh, early TV aesthetic, and they really nailed it. I don't know if we've talked about. I don't know if you've talked about any of the technical. Uh, credits for the movie, but I'd be interested to see, you know, what kind of access they had to like old film stock, old cameras uh, to try and reproduce that. I mean, this thing was made yeah. on a shoestring, so I'm, I'm guessing they probably had to do a lot of it themselves. Yeah, actually, that would be something I'd like to look into more because I think right in the beginning, you know, I just mentioned that the person shooting it was a documentary uh, filmmaker. So, and, and you can tell, but, uh, but, Beyond that, I haven't really looked into that. Um, okay. Yeah, and I also like Nige's little, he really gets into playing, you know, as it goes into that, <laughs> this little tongue sticking out. Yeah, and- <laughs> Like he does good guitar faces. Some guitarists, like Brian May, is the one that always stands up. Brian May does good guitar face, and Nigel, I think, I want to think he's channeling Brian May because he does a really similar guitar face. But mm-hmm. this is a good minute for that. Yeah, you yeah. know, it's funny. I was gonna say, like, you know, he's he's obviously modeled like on a lot of different people. Yeah. Jimmy Page, but yeah. like Jimmy Page always kind of had that blank sort of look. He never really did the the pouting. Like, you know, he was always kind of like the man of stone up there on stage, while Robert Plant and you know, uh, John Bonham were kind of the 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 show offy members of of the of the group, but <laughs> yeah, like, right? But um, yeah, like, I mean, how much fun must have been for Christopher Guest to just like live out <laughs> all of his rock and roll dreams and just like, you know, do shirtless solos with violin bows and like, all <laughs> yeah. that stuff, you know? Yeah, and I think his he's got a bit of a I don't know about his the facial expressions, but at least his hair and his look has kind of got a Jeff Beck look to it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then David is so serious. Earnest. Yes. Earnest. (laughs) Listen to the flower people, guys. They have something to tell you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, so as we move across this minute, unless there's anything else to say about this, this little throwback scene, we pop into part two. Part yes. two here, uh, yeah, second thirty-four ish. Then we're back to Nigel's castle. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. With with the camera on Mick, <laughs> <laughs> we haven't freeze framed at that exact moment right now. He looks completely like nonplussed at what's going on. <laughs> <It's great. laughs> well, I guess if he wasn't really in the project yet, maybe right. he doesn't really care all that much about the olden days, yeah. the previous drummers. Yeah, they do say he's been warned, though, about the band's history with drummers. But and this, yeah, this is a a neat little back and forth that oh. there's stuff that, like you, like you said earlier, Mike, that you easy to miss, and and a lot of stuff that I missed, 
the first time through, but on, on rewatching, it's, it's such a funny sequence. Oh, it's so great. And again, the naturalness of the dialogue here and the back, like you say, the back mm-hmm. and forth is just testament to like the incredible like improv skills here. So this I, was all improv. Well, I don't know if the if the punchline that we'll get to was improv. I think that probably was planned, but the but the, again, the, none of the lines would have been written down anywhere. Yeah. They they were just sort of like you know going back and forth, and and uh, I I have to imagine the jazz blues slash blues jazz thing was <laughs> improvised because that's kind of again that's sheerer for you. You know yeah. what I mean? It's yeah. Like, but yeah, the uh, uh, the the jazz festival so peter james bond was the drummer during the flower people period and and he unfortunately also had another tragic tragic accident on stage and they were at the the uh the jazz blues or blues jazz festival blues jazz, really. <laughs> on, the, on the isle of isle of isle of lucy, isle of lucy. Well, and then and, and derek and nigel are like in stereo around david they both say that line at the same time yeah. isle of lucy <laughs> Oh, can I just take a step back and say Rob Reiner in the scene just makes me laugh so much. Like these, these sage nods that he's giving, just yeah, like with his yeah. mouth open. He's like, "Yeah, yeah, this is like deep Spinal Tap lore here. I need to hear it all." Um, it's it's just so oh, it's so great. Yeah, he he's great all through the movie. He kind of reminds me if you've seen the the Beatles anthology um, documentary series. Um, they have Jules Holland on as the interviewer mm. in a lot of the later segments, and he has this air of kind of like complete reverence about him. <laughs> and I think he, he does a really good job of kind of of nailing that. Kind yeah. Of <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love it. I've got him paused right here, and his eyes are steely, and he's. <laughs> I I mentioned in an earlier minute he's kind of got a. Uh, summer Santa or sexy Sasquatch look to him, and I think I, I think I I had like a, a bit of a Rob Reiner crush um, when I was young. And all these guys have a cuteness to him, but there's something about him, and he kind of my dad back in back in the meathead times kind of looked the same. So. Oh God, mine too. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. The, the long puffy hair at the sides and the mustache. Yeah, definitely. But I mean, that's the thing in the set. 70s, you had I, I don't we, you had sex symbols like Elliot Gould, like very like Dustin <laughs> Hoffman, very yes. like conventionally unattractive guys were yeah. just like, like big sort of battered faces, and they could put mm-hmm. like the worst facial hair on there, but then they they didn't care because they were like these sort of 70s hairy sort of alpha men with their strange like sort of hexagonal heads, and nobody cared because <laughs> that was sexy then. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's such a great point, and I love the way you described it. And I think that um, when we had the band Aloha Screwdriver on, we were talking about that with you know musicians and like modern musicians yeah. or modern bands, pop stars, and such. How they're so perfectly primed and manicured, and manicured. Mm, yeah. it's sort of boring but these you know yeah there's a lot of much more interesting rock and roll faces back in the 70s and yeah. 80s early 80s don't you think it's like a uk american thing because i mean we're kind of famous for our celebrities being kind of homely compared to yours yours always have like the perfect teeth and they're very well groomed do, do you think it was like there were so many big like british bands in like the 60s and 70s oh that- i see what you're saying I don't know yeah. if it is though, because when I think of like, I'm trying to think of like 80s metal bands. Some of the American ones were fairly pretty, weren't they? Well, oh, they yeah. they made up. They they put on makeup. They you know they spr- they yeah. aquanetted their hair to within an inch of their life. You know, <laughs> not the hair bands, but 
musicians have always been there's there's sort of a different standard of attractiveness. Sure. You have got a lot of musicians that you know if you can play an instrument, I think that helps. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, conventionally attractive. Yeah, yeah, like I had a crush on Stuart Copeland over Sting, you know, and he's oh, kind yeah. of had a no, rather yeah. funky. <laughs> funky look he yeah. seemed even though sting had all the pretensions of being the intellectual of the group Stewart always seemed like he was a little bit of he was a little bit smarter than the rest and sting was just more sort of pretentious <laughs> right i think maybe i had a but on your other podcast mike that i'm also obsessed with hold my order <laughs> yeah <laughs> i have to say it's mike's too bashful to say it I'm really, I'm oh my god no, hold just... my order i've already i've already repped you a couple times on earlier episodes so um, yeah, yeah i'm sure you've gotten that spinal tap minute bump on your listeners. <laughs> <laughs> you saying how you guys ended up getting way way more followers than us in in your first few <laughs> weeks or just like skyrocketing follower numbers but um did we talk about 70s hunks on that uh, on on Well what I actually what I was thinking of was when you guys were talking about Bailey and how oh, sure. you know do the short version of it, but like being a young hip dude and thinking like, oh, well, I've chosen Bailey. I think she's the hot one, one over Jennifer and thinking like, oh, she's the, you know, the intellectual one with the glasses and she's kind of the smart nerd. But really, she was actually the one that needed more taking care of and uh, was a little more vulnerable, at least in the early seasons, whereas Jennifer was much more self-assured. So she would actually be a bit more maybe threatening but I, I was thinking about that like is that my my Stuart Copeland choice you know oh. did I like him really because he seemed like the more intellectual choice than than the pretty boy Sting, Sting is the Jennifer. You know? yeah oh definitely that's a really good analogy um yeah that was this is our WKRP podcast my friend Rob and I do hold my order terrible dresser and we um that was one of our early episodes where we both had to kind of the, come to terms with our, uh, you know, our sort of sensitive ponytail man, um, you know, early <laughs> 20s and how we were constantly assuring ourselves that we were better because we preferred Bailey to Jennifer, you know. Um, but well, yeah, I think the Spinal Tap fans, I'd say David would be the Jennifer, wouldn't even Nigel yeah. would be. Yeah, yeah. Bailey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. And, and of course, th then that means Derek is lukewarm water, of course. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> So yeah, Jenny, which which ones, uh, which which Spinal Tap member holds your heart? Do you have a preference? I think of... I, I'm with sort of like creepy ponytail men. I think the Nigel, I'd go for the Nigel. Yeah. That's a great, very sort of serious about like his guitars and the. It's all about the music, man. He's not just about. Actually, no, that's a complete lie. I like idiots with big blonde hair. So <laughs> <laughs> as I was talking, I realized I was building up a facade, and it wasn't. Good yeah. <laughs> They, I, I think I couldn't choose one, so I appreciate you. <laughs> yeah, great. why choose one when you can choose them all? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I, and I, I believe I've already mentioned this before, but I don't think I got, or I don't think, even though I watched I Love Lucy, I don't think I heard I Love Lucy, <laughs> I Love Lucy, for like the first five or ten listens of or watches of this oh, movie. Oh, yeah. Thank you for saying that, because yeah. I just oh, got yeah. that, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a fun surprise. Oh, my God. I never heard that before. It's, it's kind of a, it's a lovely, like, you know, again, Rob Reiner's got the Carl, Carl Reiner lineage and sort of like, it's a lovely little tribute to their, like, comedy forebears in a way but it's mm -hmm. also a tribute to all of those you know late 60s music festivals that happened on various 
islands off isles. of the British Isles. isles. Yeah. 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 Isle of Man, Isle of Wight. I think that's pretty much yeah, the ones I can sounds, think of. Yeah. yeah. Perfectly reasonable. It is. There totally could be an Isle of Lucy. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably up in Scotland, I bet. Yeah, yeah. I, I can see it being. Yeah. <laughs> and somehow Rob keeps a straight face. I know, it's just great. (laughs) (laughs) The challenge of not corpsing during this movie must have been... I mean, you know, there's lots of outtakes. I don't know if... I don't know if... Do either of you have the original Criterion edition of uh, This Is Final Tap with all of the two and a half hours of various scenes that didn't make the movie? I do not. I do not. I I was able to track down a work print that has... It sounds like it had it has those scenes. It has all the scenes in the movie plus deleted scenes, but it does not have any alternate takes. Oh. So I don't know if they've done if they did any multiple takes of any of these scenes. But I do have a lot of yeah. So it, that's about four and a half hours. Yes. So okay. it's it's yeah, roughly three hours of deleted scenes from the movie. So yep. I've, I've seen a lot of those. That Criterion DVD was like one of the fir- first ones. It's like in the teens on the Criterion numbering. And mm-hmm. it, um, you know, I got it very, very early in the sort of DVD era. And yeah, that was one of those DVDs. Remember you had to, when you had to flip them over because there was more stuff on the other side? Yep. Yeah. Double-sided DVD. <laughs> and they just put the entire like two hours of those um uh, of those scenes just in a row, essentially, with, like, chapter breaks. But, yeah, I mean, I don't want to get too deep into those, but it's a great... You can find it on eBay or or something like that. I don't know how expensive it is these days, but it's definitely, if you're, if you're, a, if you're a mad Spinal Tap collector, it's definitely worth seeking out. Cool. Yeah, I thought I would be watching all the extras and everything that are on just the Blu-ray, but I found that I just kind of have enjoyed doing a little bit of research about things... Out, you know, that are inspired by the movie, or just as I look at a minute, you know, look at mm. some something different. But I haven't gone too deep into the the extras and stuff. I I don't know. I always just feel like I've got enough right here in mm. front of my face. Yeah, you want like the pure experience. Yeah, and it's and, about uh, the music, man. And it's yeah, it's a very very well edited <laughs> movie too. I mean, apart from the fact that it's it's well done as a mockumentary and it follows all of those beats that a, a music documentary has. It's just again like the the cutting back and forth between Rob Reiner's face and the rest of the and the band. It's just like it's just all timed perfectly. So again, props to the editor of this is Spinal Tap um, because when you have this much great gold material uh, to assemble it into, you know, a final sort of product must be pretty challenging. For sure, yeah. And I think what was it nine hours of footage. I believe was what they were editing. So they kind wow. of built the the movie out of the nine. The nine. Yeah. So the, I, I don't know if there's what's in the, on the, on that criterion edition. I know the work print I have, it's just the, um, the on-site stuff, the live action. It's them driving around. It's in hotel mm-hmm. rooms and, and performances and that kind of stuff. It's none of, the uh, none of these interviews, so none of the stuff oh. at the castle, none of the stuff when they're talking in restaurants, when when Marty's talking to to David and Janine a little bit later. So yeah, I heard. So that's you know it's four and a half hours of just the on location stuff, wow. and then they had additional footage of all these interviews, all the interview scenes, and I think it was Heidi. You said it was nine months they spent in the editing process to get all that down into. Uh, an 83 minute movie. 
Yeah. I mean, I just said nine hours and now I can't remember yeah. if it was nine. But yeah, I, a nine months sounds more like where the nine was supposed to be. I'll have to re-listen <laughs> to our first episode and yeah. see what I said. <laughs> well, that was the thing. The movie was shot in 82, but it came out in 84. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So there was a lot of time. In be- I, I think there was also like they had to find a distributor for it. Like it wasn't one of those things where it was like automatically guaranteed to get into theaters. It's just one of those things, like, when you have a cult movie, like, we talked about this with Velvet Goldmine, like, they don't spend a long time in the movie theater, and, and it ends up being one of those things that people find out about on either on TV with a movie that's older, like Spinal Tap, or on, you know, home video when it comes to something yeah. like Velvet Goldmine. Like, I mean, you can't predict a cult following. Like, you have to just kind of let it happen. You can't plan for it. And, you know, people just love movies that they can ferret out little bits of information from. I mean... You know, again, I mentioned Spinal Tap A to Z earlier, and that that kind of site is just somebody going and finding every media appearance that the guys did mm-hmm. in Spinal Tap and yeah. just putting it all into a into a Wikipedia type thing. And it's just, it, you know, this kind of movie really rewards the obsessive. And I think oh, yeah. definitely, yeah. definitely, yeah. Well, is there anything else here? I, we've got a little teaser here at the end. We've got a, a tragic, really, you know. I mean, it just it just teased tragic really he exploded on stage just, just, <laughs> just like, like that just like that <laughs> anything to, else to discuss or shall we move on to our uh, next minute no i think that's uh, yeah, good yeah that's good you can't end better than that really can you? yeah it's a, yeah. It's a cliffhanger <laughs> yeah. all right well awesome uh we hope you've enjoyed episode 33 of spinal tap minute we've certainly enjoyed having jenny and mike on and um they've blessed us with saying they'll be back for the next two episodes so we're very excited about that and uh yeah find us at spinal tip tap spinal to spinal tap minute dot com and you can find all of our links there and you can also give us a call on the Spinal Tap Minute hotline, and that's at 419-TAP-TAP-6. That's 419-827-8276. Uh, leave us a message. Let us know what you think of the show. If you have any uh, amusing anecdotes, any real-life Spinal Tap moments, let us know. And if we like your story, we uh, just might use it on a future episode. And uh, so, uh, Jenny and Mike, if folks uh, like the sound of your voice and want to hear more of you... Where can they do that? Well, as you mentioned earlier, the whole shebang has been is finished. We did 120 minutes of the movie Velvet Goldmine. And you can find us on iTunes and Stitcher. And you can also find us at thewholeshebangpodcast.com. I said that thing 60 times over the... Yeah, uh, well, remember, <laughs> I've <forgotten> already. <laughs> over the course of the podcast. But we did finish up... Um, uh, a few months ago, and uh, but we would w- definitely welcome new listeners, so definitely come check us out. Highly recommended. Absolutely. Super Absolutely. fun. Yeah. Cool. Well, All right. So uh, let's close the books on minute 33. And until next time, and so say all of us, tap, tap into, into America. America. <laughs>